So thank you for joining us today. Uh, we have Shield Museum in Gastonia, North Carolina here with us. Um, we have Carl McKinnon. Carl, thanks so much for joining us. Awesome to have you. Carl's the Assistant Director of Operations and uh, the Chief Financial Officer for the museum. So uh, before we get into questions, I'm going to let Carl give a little overview on the museum uh, quickly and, and his background, and then uh, we'll ask a few specific questions for um, history majors or any other folks interested in getting into museums or that type of work um, and, and how this might help them. So Carl, feel free to introduce yourself a little about your organization. Great. Thanks for having me today, Peter. It's, it's a real pleasure to be with you and, uh, and your students. Uh, uh, I've been in the museum business. This is my 41st year as a museum a professional, and uh, I'm getting ready to creep up on my 39th year as a museum administrator. So I've, I've done it a few times and uh, been, been with it a while. Uh, I'm really one of those that's fortunate to say that I've got 39 years of experience, not one year of experience, 39 times. Um, so the Shell Museum is located in uh, the, uh, the Charlotte metro region of North Carolina. Uh, so if you're familiar with Charlotte, North Carolina, we're just we're a suburb of Charlotte. And we have a, a natural history museum, but uh, we are a little more than a natural history museum. Uh, we talk about man's role in the world. And uh, through that, we have Native American displays as well as uh, uh, we've talked about 18th century farm life and have uh, got a living farm on our property. And so we, we do all kinds of things that's uh, either natural history, science, STEM or history related. So with the living farm, what are some different um, types of roles. Um, what's that like? Like, what might students find interesting uh, for types of work with that aspect? Well, sure. Our, our farm started off in 1976 as a part of the bicentennial celebration of, uh, that, um, that happened around that time. And we put a, an 18th century cabin on the property and we interpreted that cabin through 18th century farm life for probably the next 25 or 30 years. And recently we decided that we wanted to update that and start talking about the role that farms play in not just history and not in present times, but in future times as well. So we, we still have an 18th century cabin that is interpreted. We have an 18th century garden. Then we have a contemporary garden. And then we talk about things like hydroponics and um, you know, we have a beehive, we have uh, goats and sheep and uh, we have uh, uh, some really miniature cows. Uh, we have a turkey, we have chickens, we have rabbits. So students would find it a really very interesting to go out there. And uh, about two years ago, we hired a young man that uh, is an agronomist to come out and really run our farm program. We moved it away from being an 18th century first person interpretation to someone who can actually talk about agriculture and its importance and uh, talk to our guests about the role that farms play in making sure that, that our world has enough to eat and how that all works. Absolutely, that's really all they had, right? Way back um, as far as sustainability is, is agriculture is definitely a big thing. So that's good that you guys aren't just showing a model, but really like displaying it live um, is, is pretty great. Um, so 39 years you've been in the field. Did you see yourself like when you started in, in, in this realm, staying in it for as long as you did? Um, yeah, pretty much so. I, you know, Peter, I have one of those jobs where uh, any given time I can be in out on the floor and I can be talking to a group of preschoolers and showing them a dinosaur tooth and being down on the ground or you know, talking yeah. about 
something really very cool and then a day or so be standing in the White House um, looking out one of the windows in in, uh, uh. In, in, in in the nation's capital at our president's home. That's actually happened to me in the past. And uh. so, you know, it, it's 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 not a job. It's a passion for me. And it's a it's a passion for most of the people that work at the Shield Museum. Uh, I can just about basically take you to anybody that's employed here and, and they would have that same kind of response to you. You know, you, you've asked, the, you'll ask the question or have asked the question, you know, what, what do I look for in somebody that I'm going to interview or, or bring into our organization? What, what would be the thing that would set somebody aside? Well, I can tell you that the passion to work in a particular place, not just our museum, but any museum or any kind of job that you really are interested in that as a role that you think that you can feel that you bring something to the table and that you're ready to learn more about it. Um, you know, college is a wonderful thing, but it can't teach us everything we need to know. So when I'm looking at a potential um, employee, whether they've just gotten out of college or whether they've been around a while or someone like myself, I look first at what what their experience is, what they've done with their education. And, you know, students don't just have to sit around and, and do book learning while they're in their college. They can they can actually go out and get some experience through volunteering or through part-time jobs. I myself started off as a zookeeper when I was an undergraduate. And that, you asked me, you know, could I see myself doing that? Well, I actually saw myself as being a zookeeper most of my life. And through an internship, um, a museum administrator who turned out to be my, my mentor said, you know, you can probably make a lot more money. And I see a lot of leadership potential in you as a person. I think that you should be thinking about being a museum administrator. And lo and behold, you know, the day after I graduated undergraduate, I had already had uh, landed my first job as a, a museum. Actually, I wasn't a museum director. I was considered a uh, head naturalist of a, of a small nature center. But within a couple of weeks of being there, they changed the title to uh, the director of the place as well as head naturalist. And yeah. the rest, they say, is history. That's so amazing. Um, I love the Beyond the Books, um, and, and that's a great example of it, right? It sounds like had you never done that internship as a zookeeper, then – it would have never opened other doors, right? That's kind of how you be, you would you and I would not be having this conversation today. Right. My life right. would have taken a whole different turn, and yep. and I'm really fortunate that my life has taken kind of the turn that it did. Where, uh, um, you know, back in those days when I, I very early on, I was trying to think about you know when I go to interviews, what what would I need to do? What what are the things that you need to do to prepare to to present yourself as a passionate interested person that's either got some experience or is looking to gain more experience. Yeah. And uh, I've got to say that the man that hired me, you know, he was taking a chance, I, you know, 22 year old young man. Yeah. But, but I had at that time, I was in, getting ready to have my fifth year of experience in the museum world. Um, and, and he, he brought me in. And basically when uh, I had researched the place, I knew what kind of their touch points were, what the, uh, what the place was all about. And had spent some time, had gone down and done a pre-visit uh, of the of the facility. You know, walking in cold is one of the worst things that you can possibly do when you're going into an interview. You need to do your your you know your due diligence. Yeah, you know, is this a place that I can see myself fitting in? And how do you know if you don't know a lot about them? Um, 
<laughs> you know, Peter, I'm not saying that every one of your students, especially because they're they're so wide, wide and varied and they're looking at potential, of maybe even doing uh, you know, online hiring and stuff that, that that may not be as possible. But I've even driven, you know, four or five hundred miles to go visit a museum before I actually interviewed with them. Mm. Just so I, I, I knew when I got there and sat down in front of the interview panel that that I was I could see myself being there and know that it would. fit into their organization that's great um it's a two-way street too with interviews right like you have to know that um it's a fit for you as well as it is for them and i think i'm glad you brought that up because in in the museum world that is always an option um to i'm like i'm sure thoroughly tour the facility um, and when you were doing that, Carl, I'm assuming you did it um, incognito, right? Like they didn't know oh, yeah. who you yeah, were, they, they right? Had, they had no idea who I am and, uh, and, good and idea. what I was there for. And usually it was um, it was not the day before the interview. I, I mm. would usually try to make sure I'd done it a little ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives you an opportunity to go in and not be given the dog and pony show. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it it helps you to really understand and, and you get to talk to the floor personnel. And sometimes when you go back for the interview and folks remember, they say, yeah. you were here a couple <laughs> of weeks. And yeah. you know, you go, that's a really good uh, floor person right there that they remember their guests that came. And uh, maybe they remember me because of my Southern draw uh-huh. or that I told them I was from way away. But um, yeah, I never really introduced myself as I'm a potential candidate for your directorship or whatever. So yeah, right. Oh, that's great. Undercover boss before you're the boss. Absolutely. <laughs> that's Absolutely. Great. Um, so I also like to that and you pointed this out and I'm sure this um shows and interviews too when you uh, you know and one thing i live by is when you love what you do you don't work a day in your life so that's really refreshing to hear um and i think important for students to know and alumni that you know whatever job you're in um, whatever industry you're in make sure that you do enjoy it and love it and that naturally should come across in an interview um so with the um with the applicants um Beyond having the passion, right, that we spoke about um, for the work, are there any other things that you would look for um, in an applicant, in an interview process? Well, and, and you, you know, very aptly pointed out, Peter, is on an application, I don't know what your passion is unless, you know, unless you give me a cover letter. So, you know, there, there are things that, that set you apart, you know, and I, I warned you early on, I'm old school. So, I'm one of these that likes to have a cover letter. I like to have a resume. I also want you to fill out your application fully um, for, for a number of reasons, because as a, as a hiring individual, I, there's some logistics that I actually have to do with your application that are going to be important. And I'm not going to necessarily be able to do it from your resume. So if an organization has an application process, go above and beyond the application process. I'm old school in that, too. You will get filtered out if you don't complete the application fully. To do it that you maybe should complete it. Um, the other things that folks tend to 
to kind of gloss over is know what the salary uh, opportunities are for when you're filling out an application. I cannot tell you the number of times that I've, I've, I've read an application. The person looks really good on paper, but their salary expectations far exceed what I'm going to be able to offer. So I'm not going to waste your time as an applicant nor my time as a busy business person to actually sit down and go through this process of interviewing because I already know I can't meet your salary expectations if you've exceeded what the maximum of mine would be anyway. Um, you know, the Shield Museum is also part of a governmental agency. It, just folks need to kind of understand when government agencies put out a salary range, there's a minimum salary and there's a maximum salary. The chances of you starting at the minimum salary are probably not true. It's probably a five, maybe 10%, depending on how much experience. But that maximum salary range, mm -hmm. that's a 25, 30 year thing down the road. Uh, gotcha. I've been, I've been with the Shield Museum 16 years and I'm still not at the top of my salary range. Yeah. So, you know, folks need to understand that, you know, I know it's it's a it's a line on a, on an application, but it, it is still important. It's going to be a filtering uh, thing as well. Yep. So, yeah, and, and to some respects, the way folks are applying these days, we use uh, the city of Gastonia uses an application called NeoGov. And once you put your application in NeoGov, you can just click some boxes and it'll send it to multiple places. So sometimes that can create an issue. So if you're applying for one job that has a higher salary range and you put a higher salary expectation. And so I've had to temper some of my employees that are doing filtering to say, let's make sure that you read through that application and that you're not prematurely filtering somebody out. But if it's, if it's, a huge discrepancy. We'll go ahead and filter them. Awesome. Great, great, great info. Thank you so much. Um, on the cover letter specifically, what do you like to be included? I like to hear why you're interested in coming to work for me. Yeah. That's where you can tell me about your passion. I, I've always been interested in, in XYZ. I personally have had experience in this this is what I think I bring to your organization. You say you need X and I provide X because uh, those are the kind of things that I'm looking for. Um, you know, not the, hey, uh, I, I hear you have a job open and I need a job. Sure. So you know, please, please consider me. I'm very interested in what you have to say to me. And, and that will get my attention quicker than mm -hmm. really anything. You know, back when I was an undergraduate, we always talked about grades and it was very important to make sure you made the dean's list and that you did academic honors and all that. And while that's important, it is really important to have a good understanding of what you've learned and be able to apply that knowledge. I will take an, an average C student before an A student that has no experience. Yeah, if they've got some experience because I know they know what to do with what they're what the information they have. Yeah, beyond the books, right? Like we talked about. Exactly. So I'm I'm exactly. with you a hundred percent. I you know, myself, I, I I knew I was sacrificing a little bit of GPA in college, but but just like you, I did I chose to do internships, you know, with that time instead of maybe studying um a little bit more, which I could have, right? But but kind of doing a ratio and spending a little more time in the field to get that experience. The other thing is too, you know, a lot of times and you figure out maybe in your internship, hey, you really don't want to do a certain thing or you really do want to do a certain part. Um, 
of of the business just exactly what you said i can't harp on it enough get get that experience it looks good on paper yes but also gives you that confidence and direction for yourself in your career preparation well to, to add kind of what you're saying peter is i have an undergraduate in biology i have a bachelor yeah. of arts in biology there's mm-hmm. not a lot you can do with a bachelor of arts in biology to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you except go to graduate school Try to be a doctor or you know lab technician or something like that. I was really very fortunate to be able to to take that and put it into to the museum world. But uh, you know what I learned pretty early on was that I thought I was going to be a high school biology teacher. I thought mm-hmm. that's what I was going to do, mm-hmm. and I learned that was not for me at all. That was yeah. not how I wanted to spend the rest of my life was was doing that. It, it was romantic to start with and think about, you know, that I would be able to to have impact on on students um, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a real positive way and make them enjoy biology. Uh, but then, I, you know, I was saw what I was able to do as a museum professional, as a zookeeper, as an educator in the museum world. And even today, as an adult educator, um, I'm really very fortunate that I've got some folks that have surrounded me. Uh, over time that have watched and worked and learned from me and are now museum directors. You know, they, they took the time. I have a young man that uh, I, I first met him as a middle schooler, and he is now one of the leading museum directors in the state of North Carolina. Wow. Because of, because of the time we spent together, and we still spend a lot okay. of time. Nice. He calls me regularly to, to ask what to do and how to do it or what my opinion is now. That's great. Um, so, um, one more question on the interview, um, application process, what's, I'm putting you on the spot here, but what's one of the most creative, I'll call it approaches maybe, or maybe it's a response that you've had in an interview or in a follow-up to an interview and an initial application process that stuck out to you from an applicant. Was it like a way that they answered a question or what's something that it really, um, is a moment in your career that caught your eye from an applicant? Um, I have a really great example of somebody yeah. that I, that we hired. In fact, um, this person, a lot of people come to our museum. We, we don't have much bench. So when you come to work here, if you come to work here as an educator, you're probably going to be an educator here. And then you, to move up in a, in an organization, you're probably going to have to leave us. There's, mm-hmm. That's just a, a realism. We don't have right. We don't really have much of a career ladder at the Shield Museum. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a young lady who was a meteorologist. She still is a meteorologist who um, was applying for a part-time planetarium uh, presenter. Okay, so she uh, read through her resume and she put a link to a YouTube uh, channel where she had worked at a news channel uh, as a weather as a weather person. I went and watched one of her videos and she was teaching a science lesson that she prepared for the news station that they aired on the weekends. And it was, you could tell, and I had lived in this area of North Carolina. So I knew that this was not standard operating for these folks. This was something she had done on her own and Mm -hmm. I could just, I just had a feeling. And so I called the person who was ultimately responsible for hiring her and said, you need to go and watch this video right now and call her as soon as I hang up the phone with you, call her, offer her an interview. And if you have, if you watch the video, you probably want to hire her this afternoon. Well, we went ahead and went through all the process. 
we just promoted this person to becoming the head of our education department. Uh-huh. She's only been with us about five years. So she really mm-hmm. came here and progressed. She knocked our socks off. She continues. Very special way each and every time she stands in front. Now she's getting her educators to do that because she's now in charge of all these educators. Mm. She made a place in our bench where we didn't have a place. That's the most impressive thing that I've seen at our museum and that I've been associated with. She, you know, we have a very similar thing in our exhibits department where a young man came to work for us. Um, very quiet, worked in the construction business. He, uh, um, He's a painter, he's a sculptor, he's a quasi-engineer, and he was recently, we didn't have a a position, we made a position for him to be the head of our exhibits department. Very similar kind of situations where these folks have continually shown their value to the organization through the work that they're doing, the way they think. You know, it's not get the job and just do the job. It's get the job and grow. Be a be a student every day of the rest of your life and you you will succeed i promise you'll succeed awesome yeah we're we can always learn something you learn something new every day or at least you should you're right by being a student so well and that encapsulates that all that passion that i talked about oh. yeah we 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 really are very fortunate here at the shield we have a, you know just we're just we got very passionate people, but these two young people are the ones that really stand out. And, uh, you know, they're going to be the leaders in the field. When I retire in a few years, I'll be able to look back and say, look at what the wonderful work that they're doing. Today. That's great. And, uh, you know, I'm just very happy that I've been able to be a part of their personal growth, their professional growth, and that I was on the front end of helping them get a job here. Well, kudos to you, too, for having that mindset. It really shows that you're a true leader and not just a manager. So uh, that's that's great. And I think that's something valuable, too, right, when students look for opportunities at organizations. So that's all the questions I'm going to bombard you with, Carl, but definitely appreciate the info. Did you before I wrap this up and stop the recording, did you have any closing thoughts? Well, no, Peter, I just thank you for the opportunity and um uh, working with students has been a passion of mine. Working in the museum business is certainly a passion. And I am so pleased that uh, that I've been given an opportunity to talk about it. And I hope I have some some positive impact on somebody that will hear this podcast and that they'll go out and get find themselves that dream job that they're looking for. Absolutely. Thanks, Carl.